Goals with Soul, the podcast for visionary coaches and entrepreneurs, building your business with inspired action. In alignment with your mission and authentic message, so you can create impact for your soul clients and feel lit up every day. I'm your host, Joe Ingram, married mum of three daughters from London and a former ad agency director turned business coach and strategist. In Goals with Soul, we blend revenue generation with energetics, marketing strategies with pranic healing, and ambitious business goals with our soul's desires. If you're looking to build your business with less efforting and more ease, this is the podcast for you. Let's dive in. Welcome to Goals with Soul. I'm Joe Ingram, and today we are talking about selling without selling because selling can feel icky. And there isn't a coach amongst us that hasn't at some point wondered why they have to go through the trauma of having to sell themselves. I know that when I first started out, the idea of actually putting myself forward and going for the sale was so challenging that I often didn't even get there. I remember some early discovery calls where I would literally coach the person for so long that I never actually got to the point of asking if they would like to work with me or even stating my offer. But it's become something that not just for myself, but for my clients and so many of my colleagues in the industry constantly finding a way to not just feel comfortable with the final sell, but to find a method that feels good so they can show up online and create a pipeline and produce a reasonable amount of sales coming through each month. So they've got a business that has scale and has revenue coming through at a steady and growing pace. And without that, of course, we don't have a business, we have a hobby. So solving this has become a quest for me as well as for so many. So getting Tracy Beavers, my special guest, And if showing up and selling and building a sales pipeline is something that you have struggled with, are struggling with, think you might struggle with in the future, this episode is for you. Tracy Beavers is going to share with us all about what makes us so uncomfortable about selling and how we can overcome that fear, how to get confident in actually asking for the sale. Tracy's got more than 20 years experience in sales and marketing. She's the owner of three businesses and she truly does understand the roller coaster of entrepreneurship. What I love so much about her is her innate love of sales. She loves networking and she really wants everyone in our business to love it as much as she does. Before she became an entrepreneur, she had corporate careers in insurance, lending, real estate, and of course, sales. And throughout those careers, one fact remained constant, and that was her love of people and her passion to help them win. It's her ability to build the relationships with others and listen to their needs, as you'll hear on this episode, is the bedrock of her success. As a business sales coach, Tracy's helped hundreds of entrepreneurs scale to their next level with a clear roadmap for success. Trace is the creator of two online courses, which are Business Visibility Made Easy and Be a Confident Entrepreneur. And the day I chatted with her, it was super, super hot in the UK. We've had this Indian summer of intense heat, which doesn't sound so much. And Trace is from Arkansas. Now, I don't know if I've even said that right with my British accent, but hopefully so. And I know that things can get pretty hot in a lot of places around the globe, particularly particularly in the southern states of the US. Um, But we were talking about how it's okay if you've got air conditioning. And here in the UK, we don't commonly have air conditioning. So even as I've been recording this, I'm sitting here with fans going and wondering how anybody in my family is going to sleep tonight in what is immense heat. I would tell you how hot it's got, but I can only do it in Celsius. So if that works for you, we're, I don't know, 30, 32 degrees Celsius. But you'll have to jump on Google if you want to convert that into Fahrenheit. But it's hot especially if you don't have aircon. Now, I'm digressing, but I really want you to get the opportunity to get focused on your sales and make this a critical part of your business. So before I go off at any further tangents, let's dive in. Hey, Tracy, welcome to Goals with Soul. Thank you so much, Joe. I'm so excited to be here with you. 
Oh my goodness, there's so much we're going to dive into today. Selling is just something that crops up time and time again as a problem for so many heart-centered coaches. But before we dive into all these questions I want to ask you, I'd love it if you could share with us a little bit about your journey and how exactly you help. Yes, for sure. So my journey to being an entrepreneur is kind of interesting. Um, I was raised in the generation where you graduate high school, you graduate college, you go get the corporate job, and you sit in the cubicle um, for 40 years. And you, even if you hate it, you stick with it because you're going to be loyal. And then you get a retirement party and a pension and a cake and a gold watch and all the things, right? Well, that didn't happen. Along around 2005 is when corporations, at least here in the U.S., started talking about things like restructuring and downsizing. And there wasn't that loyalty anymore from the corporation to the employee like there had been. And so I was like, okay, hold on, wait a minute. This is not cool. You know, I didn't know this was going to happen to me. I thought I was going to have the job for forever and then retire. So that was my first taste of corporate instability. And then just fast forwarding through um, a few more years of toxic bosses, coworkers that I didn't really want to spend more time with than I was spending with my family. And, and then the final straw for me was I had um, all the roles that I've ever had have been in production in sales, business development, marketing. And I was working for a title insurance company in business development. They had no market share. I grew their market share 86% the first year I was there. And the CEO had the nerve to tell me and the other people in the sales department and in one of the other offices that we were making too much money and he was going to monkey around with a compensation plan. And so that we wouldn't be making the money that we were. And I thought, holy crap, what is happening? You know, I, I'm getting downsized and restructured. And then I'm working with these people that I don't really love. And I'm not seeing my family and, you know, just all the things that go through our mind when we're in corporate America. And so I thought, okay, if this isn't it, what do I want to do? And I, through some really great friends and mentors, they helped me realize I've always been a coach and business and sales is something I've always loved. And sales is always something I've been really, really good at. Um, and I was surprised to hear that other people don't love it and they're not naturally good at it. I just thought everybody was good at sales. So anyway, that's how I ended up here. I decided that I just had my fill of corporate America. And what I did do though, was I started building my businesses alongside my full-time job so that I could gradually step down, step down, step down to then I could gradually leave. So it wasn't like I all of a sudden just got fed up and gave my two weeks notice and walked out the door. I, I had a plan in place because we did need my income. And, and that's the, that's the place a lot of people find themselves in. It's like, you know, you've got to have the income coming in. You can't just leave cold Turkey and go start a business. So that was my process. And that's how I got here. Wow, I can so relate to so much of your journey, particularly around corporate America, although we don't call it corporate UK, but but working for big companies. I worked for advertising yes. agencies in London for nearly 20 years. Mm -hmm. And so much of what you say about the politics and mm. just the the lack of alignment with right. yes. um, with working in that space for so many of us, all the coaches that we talk to, our clients, indeed the coaches we have ourselves, are often people that have exited the nine to five and left the corporate job behind because we are heart centered and purpose driven, yes. and it's hard to find a match for that way when you're working in big companies mm -hmm. and within that culture. So I love right. I love the journey that you made and particularly the way that you've drawn on your natural ability to be good at sales. And I love how you said particularly um, that you thought everybody would be good at this kind of stuff. It didn't seem like a big deal to me. And then uh, the people were like, what do you mean you like sales? And I'm like, oh, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> I, I'm delighted to have you on the show because you are a real life demonstration of something that I tell my clients and anyone will listen that when you're doing the work that you're meant to do, it feels effortless, that it's just yeah. the thing that you're meant to do. And you and oftentimes you don't even realize it until someone helps you see that this exactly. is actually your natural gift and what you're exactly. made for. Yeah, yeah. I truly think that what I'm doing now is in full alignment with the gifts and talents that God gave me and the reason why I should be, why I'm here. 
so true so true and you've got obviously so much to share about selling and sales mm -hmm. and I mean one of the reasons that I was so happy to to get you on to talk to me now really is because that was something that I really struggled with and even yeah. being a senior director in a big advertising agency I never had to master sales as an individual even though I was mm -hmm. actually a buyer in media um so I was never on the selling side but I was very used to the negotiation the haggle right but there's something really different when it's your personal work that you're negotiating yes. for or you're discussing what you're selling and oh yeah please, please can you share a little bit about sort of what that's like and how you've developed your way of thinking on it yeah thanks so much yes for sure you are so right it is it is so different when it is your business and yourself that you're selling than it is if you're working for a company and selling what they've got. And the reason is because this is your baby. I mean, you've, we've birthed these coaching businesses and our offers and our egos and our hearts are so intertwined with the work that we do. I mean, they're just, they're just in there all knotted up together and when someone says no to what we're offering or they ghost us completely, it feels really hard. It feels awful. Like it's just, it hits your soul in a way that it doesn't when you're selling somebody else's stuff. And so we, what we have to do though, as entrepreneurs is remind ourselves that it is business. It's not personal. The person's no doesn't always mean no. It just means not right now. And it could be a not right now for a million reasons that have nothing to do with you. And so when you're in a sales position and you're talking to a client prospect about what you do, what the way I approach it is I consider myself to be a problem solver. Um, I don't consider myself to be a salesperson. And I, I prefer to take the word sales completely out of my brain. Just take it completely out of the transaction, out of your head. Don't use that word. Don't use salesperson. Don't use purchase transaction. None of those things, because those words put a lot of pressure on us. They feel heavy. They feel difficult. But when we approach the situation, the conversation that we're having with our prospective client as a problem solver and as someone who is a human being talking to another human being, making that connection what do you need? How can I help you? And then if I have the right solution for them, then it is, I have to share that because that's my gift and talent that God gave me. And how dare I not share with that person that I have the perfect solution to what they're going through. It would be like, you know, if I met you, Joe, at a party and you heard the problems that I was having and you had the exact solution in your pocket for me. And we walked away from that conversation and you didn't offer it to me. And I found out a few days later that you had it. I'd be like, dang it, Joe, <laughs> why didn't you share with me that you had the answer to my problem? And so if we just take the sale completely out of the equation, meet that other person where they are, make that connection, ask them what they need. If you have their solution, that's awesome. If you don't, that's okay. The next step that I recommend is to try to help them find that solution. Be a good referral source for somebody and a resource. Because if you can help that person, they're going to remember you fondly. They're going to have, they're going to think of you the next time they hear somebody needs a business and sales coach, they'll think of me. Or their life may change. And a month from now, they may need a business and sales coach. And they're like, okay, I remember that Tracy girl. She was super nice. She helped me fix XYZ problem, I'm going to give her a call because I think I, I need some help with my business. Yeah, right. And what I'm hearing from you is relationships is selling and serving yeah. is selling. Yes. And absolutely. That's, that's, a, that's a shift for a lot of people that it's not just putting the price out there. I, I remember when I first started, because I'm, I'm a pretty direct person, less so now than I used to be, you know, after all those years working in marketing and advertising in, in the corporate environment had left me very in my masculine, very, very direct. And I would see somebody had a problem and I'd be like, 
pop up on messenger or whatever hey you know perhaps you'd like to come along to my workshop or um take a look at my mini course because it could really solve your problem here's the link bang mm-hmm. and you know one post one message yeah. <laughs> hey i'm joe hey you know i see you've got a problem i can solve it here's the link and right. i would pat myself on the back and think that i was being efficient but of course i wasn't getting conversions or very few right. with that strategy right. And yeah. what was missing so much there was what you're alluding to so strongly, mm-hmm. which is, of course, the relationship aspect and the true yes. serving coming from a place of real understanding of what someone needs. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. I like to ask the question or ask this question, which one of these feels um, more in alignment with you? If if you say, um, if you say, what, um, what do you say? If I ask you, what do you sell or who do you serve? Which one of those feels better? It's the, who do you serve that feels better? At least it does for me. I know it probably does for you too, because you're a heart centered person. So that is how I approach sales it is exactly, as you said, from a place of service, from a place of thinking of the other person first, it's always been easier for me to focus on the other person than it is for me to ask for anything for myself. And I truly believe that is what has made me successful in sales and in networking and in building that large network of connections where the minute somebody hears that somebody needs a business and sales coach, I'm the first person that that comes to their mind. Yeah. What, what do people tend to get stuck on? I mean, I just gave you an example that was really real for me, but you must come across stories and have, I mean, I was going to say have some of your own, but it sounds like you've always just been naturally good at sales. But yes. when put, people pop up and you think, aha, you need my help. What's yes. the sort of evidence that you're seeing without them it's, telling you I'm rubbish at sales? How are you yeah. seeing that go up? Well, it's exactly, it's, it's a very similar to what you're saying. The, the one thing that breaks my heart more than anything in the social media space is when on LinkedIn, for example, somebody sends me a connection request. The minute I accept it, I get that message in my DM that says, Hey, basically buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. They haven't, they don't know who I am. They obviously haven't looked at my profile. I had a gentleman reach out to me the other day who is a business coach. And he said, Hey, we need to make a connection and, and basically have a coffee chat over zoom. And before I agreed to anything like that, I'm, I want to know what it is we're going to be talking about. Cause I'm looking at his profile and I'm thinking, we are, we are competing for the same audience. Now there might be a collaboration opportunity there if we have different niches, but I was like, I'm really confused about what he wants to talk about. And so I just asked him, I said, hope it's okay, but you know, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but what is it that we would be discussing? And he, he wanted to know how we could help each other with our clients. And I just asked him, I said, have you looked at my profile? I said, we do the same thing. And he came back and said, I am so sorry. I didn't look at your profile. We do actually do the same thing. And I can't tell you how many times that happens. Somebody will send, you know, it's like when you're on Facebook and you accept a friend request and it's, um, you know, it's somebody who has a VA service, who does service coaches and is looking for work, but don't start out of the gate with that. You don't know me. You don't know what kind of business I have. I haven't told you if I need you or not. And I just, that just doesn't feel good to me. It's very um, push marketing rather than pull marketing. I prefer to do attraction strategies and pull people into my world just through a genuine connection and then let them decide if what I have is what they need and that they want to make a connection go deeper than that. I love what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, the alignment piece is so important because, of course, even if you've got the conversion, is Mm -hmm. that person meant to work with you? And depending on what you're offering, assuming it's some sort of face-to-face service rather than um, just selling a ready-made course or something. But if you're actually going to work with them, you're going to find very quickly if that person wasn't really right for you. And this is where we start working with clients who drain our energy. Oh, yes. That are really not going to get the results. And you're going to be left with a bitter taste in your mouth for, from one, right. for one reason or another. Right. Yeah. But to answer your question, it's those cold DMs that break my heart the most. I just and I have to stop myself because I want to save everybody. And I want to message them back and say, OK, just hold on. Excuse me. Wait a minute. Is this does this strategy really work for you? I mean, I just, but I haven't found a way to do that without making them upset. 
And so now what I do is I just say, you know, no, thank you. Have a great day. And I move on, but it just, it hurts my heart because they do need me or somebody like me to help them realize Mm -hmm. that there is a better way to build a business and that their conversions and their income is going to be that much higher if they would take the time. And that's, that's just it. Is that people, they want to cut corners. They want to get the fast action. They want to get the the fast money coming in and they think, okay, well, it's all a numbers game. So if I message a hundred people, I'll get X amount of conversions and I'll make X amount of money. Well, you know, it is, it is kind of a numbers game, but I'm telling you the, I mean, the reason why I've been successful in sales is because I haven't considered it to be a numbers game. I've considered it to be a human being to human being game and connection yeah, instead no, of just how many people can I get in front of? And we were talking just before we started recording about how there are different strategies for different people. And, you know, there are different ways that work that people enjoy or that people feel misaligned with. Mm-hmm. And as I'm listening to you talking now, I'm thinking, Wow, Tracy's describing what I like to call bro marketing, you know, that push, push, push marketing. And I used to work in media, which was all a numbers game. And it was about pushing out ads online and working your conversion rates and optimizing and using all of that. And I think when I first came into this business, I assumed that that was exactly what I would be doing. It was what was familiar to me. It was just the only thing I knew. And interestingly, I have never yet done that (laughs) because I've been drawn so much to my spiritual side, so much to aligning with what I do that it's just never felt like it's going to be right for me. But I do recognize and respect the fact that it is right for some people. And Mm -hmm. I I was thinking to myself, why is it that some people can do that and have thriving businesses mm-hmm. and other people it's just dead in the water it just doesn't thrive and right. I'm realizing of course and we've said the word several times that there's that alignment piece mm-hmm. so for one person who wants to send out a hundred or a thousand messages and work that percentage and allow the rest to just ignore them fall away be irrelevant get irritated by them in order to convert the few and to push them through whatever the next funnel steps might be, good on them. That's their business. And it's obviously aligned with them if they're successful and happy. Right. But the reason that we're talking about this, of course, is because the people who are listening to this right now are like you and like me. That Mm -hmm. is not something that is going to feel good for them so even Mm -hmm. if they give it a go if someone tempts them over to the dark side (laughs) says you know give it a go try my bot machine on LinkedIn Mm -hmm. and see how see how you go I can guarantee you x number of whatever's they're going to find that it just it isn't successful because it's it feels Mm -hmm. icky and it's the Mm -hmm. part of the sales process that isn't right for a person that you know, really loves relationships and wants to go a lot deeper in who they work with and and the sort of coaching they do. Right. Exactly right. It has to be authentic to the person. Um, And that is something that I teach with my clients. You know, they'll say, well, should I try this strategy or should I try that strategy? Um, Because there's a, there's a million different ways to build a business, but we have to figure out the pieces of the puzzle of your puzzle, not anybody else's puzzle that are going to work together and fit together in harmony to get you the growth that um, you are looking for. Because the pieces of my puzzle are going to be different than yours. And we can't get caught up in comparison and looking at, okay, well, yes, just like you said, that, that person sends cold DM messages and they're making millions of dollars or, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars or whatever. Um, I'll try that strategy. And then you try the strategy. And the thing about it is, if it's not in an alignment with you, it's not going to be received as if it's in alignment with you by the other person. There's this energy that we as human beings have, and you know that, that you can feel it if someone is not confident in what they're doing because what they're doing isn't truly in alignment and in authenticity with themselves. You can smell it. You can feel it. You can, you can read between the words that energy is there. And so if we're trying to take someone else's puzzle pieces and put them together to fit 
to grow our business, it's never going to work. It's like taking a square peg and trying to shove it in a round hole. You can do it all day long. It's not going to work. It's not going to work as well as it should is if you back up and figure out how do I want to do this? What do I want to say? Who do I want to serve? What's, what is their problem? What is, what's the solution that I can give to them? That's where you're going to find what's authentic to you. That's so, so true. Really wise words. And I know that you serve people in your Facebook group, which is a place that you're super active. And I've seen sort of how engaged you are. And I've seen other people who set up their Facebook groups and just don't want to show up, don't feel that it's a good use of their time, or maybe they just don't enjoy that kind of interaction. Right. Right. I mean, how do you approach people, clients and, and just people questioning in general about what the right thing is for them? How, how does somebody work it out? Gosh, well, we just have to come up with the, 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 the list of things and walk through them one at a time. You know, um, for a lot of my clients, a Facebook group makes perfect sense, but I've had a couple of clients who do not like Facebook and they, they've, they said to me, I, cause I'll, I, I'll be in our first meetings together. I'll be spitballing ideas. Okay. What about, have you tried this? What about a Facebook group? What about other people's groups? You know, we just kind of go down the list of the ways that we can build their email list and um, build their following and all of that. And a couple of my clients were just like, Tracy, no, you could ask me to do it. My own Facebook group, I would set it up and it's going to fail because I, I just can't even it, it just felt so misaligned with them. They were just like, the, my heart is saying, absolutely not. And it doesn't matter if you tell me that this, having my own Facebook group is going to explode my email list and I'm going to make $10,000 more a month. It's not, I, I just can't do it. So, you know, that's kind of an example of, of, of something that was in alignment for a lot of my clients. But every now and then it's not for another. Um, I have I have other clients where I always encourage people to maximize their social media profiles. Your personal Facebook profile is a prime example. Um, when I see your name in a group or maybe um, uh, in a, a networking event or something, and I go to look you up on Facebook, I'm going to get your personal profile. And if I go there, and there's no information about you in your about section or in your contacts, or even on the cover photo that makes me pause and think, okay, maybe they're not as serious about their business as they, they think that they want me to think they are. Maybe they don't really know how to help me solve my problem. It makes me question their credibility as a business person, as an entrepreneur. This happened yesterday. Actually, I had a gentleman reach out to me in a group and wanted me to be on his podcast. And I said, okay, great. Thanks. Would you DM me some information? He said, sure. So when he DM'd me, he just said, Hey, you know, would you like to be a guest on my podcast? I thought, okay, I need a little more information. So I clicked on his name and I went over to his personal profile. There was nothing there except his photograph. And thank goodness it was a photograph of, I assume it was him. It wasn't like a photograph of a flower or a car or a cat, you know, but at least I could see that he was a real person, but I messaged him back and I said, Hey, you know, um, what's the name of your podcast? Where, where do I find the information about that? There's no information in your personal profile. And I ended up just telling him, I said, I'm so very sorry, but I don't think this is a good, good fit for me. Um, and especially as a female talking to a, a guy, I'm like, no, <laughs> you don't have any information on your profile. I can't go any further with you. And so, but I've had clients that have said to me, I'm not comfortable with that. I don't want to use my personal profile for business. Totally get it. But you can still set it up in a way that that reflects that. I have a client who's done a beautiful job of that. She doesn't want to use her Facebook personal profile for anything for business, but she clearly says that when you land on her personal profile, it says, Hey, this is my personal profile where you're going to see pictures of my family and my chickens. If you're looking for my business information, click this link here. And I'm like, that's beautiful because then it gives people a trail to follow, to find out the information about you. But, you know, just some examples there of, if a Facebook group is right for you or not, if using your personal profile is not right for you, let's figure out a way to still make it um, not be a disconnection for people when they, they want to reach out to you and learn more about who you are. They'll know where to go to find your business stuff, but people have to pick and choose, you know, is a podcast the right thing for you? It may, it may, it's a beautiful thing for you, Joe. And I want to have a podcast at some point, 
Um, but for some of my clients, they're like, no, can't do that. I can do a written blog, but I'm not going to do a podcast. I'm like, okay, cool. No, no worries. You know, cause if I asked them to do it, it would just, it just wouldn't be, it, they wouldn't excel at it. It wouldn't be good for them. Yeah. I like the way that you're positioning this. I like the fact that you're sales agnostic, <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like, I'm, I'm going to find a solution for you. Whereas yeah. So many, um, so many coaches or so many sales strategies start with you need to do yes. cold DMs. Your solution right. is the Facebook group. Your solution is the and it channels coaches who you know are confused over selling into mm-hmm. particular unaligned avenues. And by that point, you've invested, you put time, money, energy into something, and you get to a point where you're just like, it doesn't work. It must be me. And right. like, you know, exactly. why, why can't I, you know, uh, achieve right. sales using Instagram or why can't right. I create a podcast that people want to listen to or what, whatever's coming up for them. And suddenly mm-hmm. that, that reflects back on their self-worth and there's nothing worse than getting into a cycle where you think it's me, I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. And that's why so many great coaches sort of disappear into the ether and, you know, uh, entrepreneurs don't make mm-hmm. it through their first year or 18 months because right. they can't unlock their pipeline and their sales strategy. Right, right. And, you know, and we just have to stop and ask ourselves. I had a client um, reach out to me a couple months ago and she just lost her way. She's an amazing person who teaches people how to write memoirs, but she had been paying attention to so many other things, other courses she had purchased, coaches she had um, consumed their webinars and their master classes. You know, what other people in this space are doing. Oh, that person's doing this. So I need to try that. That person's doing this. So I need to try that. And she just was so clogged up with information and other people's opinions. It it was exactly what you're saying. It's like, she almost just wanted to disappear completely and say, forget it. And I said, no, I said, hold on, you know, take a deep breath. What do you want? How do you want to build this business? And she was like, she, I could just see in her face. She was like, okay, crap. I haven't asked myself that I've been looking around at all the other people and listening to all the other people's opinions and thinking I needed to do this and thinking I needed to do that because these gurus are telling me, oh, you have to have a membership or you have to have a course or you have to have a, you have to do three live webinars or you have to do whatever. No, you don't. We, we look again and, and we look at the landscape and we figure out the pieces that you want to do and that light you up because that's where your success is going to come from. Oh, we're so aligned on this. I mean, we take, <laughs> we come at it from a different angle because I focus on messaging, but the point that I make over and over is that it's unique to you. You have mm. to find your alignment and when you're yeah. doing the cookie cutter copycat coaching thing, whether yes. that's in messaging or in your case in sales, it's going to come up over and over as a place where you get stuck and yeah. you're like not making the progress that really your potential is so much greater. Exactly. Because when we align our gifts and talents with the, our purpose for being here and the universe answers that when you finally stop fighting it and looking at all the outside elements for your answers and you go inside and you recognize what's inside you and how you are different and how special and unique your gifts and talents are. And you align in that way, you will be successful. That is where you're going to find your voice. And that's where you're going to find your success. And that's when the sales come. And that's, that's a fact, (laughs) you know, it's (laughs) like getting, getting that right is something that so many of us struggle with. And it's, just refreshing to know that it's not that a particular sales strategy doesn't work is that we are yet to find the one that we're perfectly aligned to and so moving the conversation just onto the actual asking for the sale because I know this is something that that you help so many with which is you get to a point either in your conversations through messaging or perhaps on a discovery call you're you're right there in front of people in some way Mm-hmm. what is this whole asking for the sale thing and how is it distinct yeah. from creating content or having connections in general? Oh, you have to ask for the business. I mean, the connections and the content are what's going to get you down the road toward the finish line, which is the place where you have to ask for the business. And that is a hard hump to get over sometimes. 
because it's uncomfortable. Once again, you're feeling very vulnerable. Asking for the business is a very vulnerable position to be in because you're basically, it's like asking somebody out, you know, or asking somebody to marry you or handing over your baby and saying, don't you think my baby's the cutest baby in the world? (laughs) And, you know, there's a potential there where they could say no, and then you get your feelings hurt. But if we don't ask for the business, then we're not going to have any business. That's the bottom line. So when I'm in a conversation with somebody, let's say, for example, um, I'm on an information call and I like to let the other person do most of the talking because that's where I'm going to learn what they need. What, you know, what kinds of things are you doing in your business now? Where do you want the business to go? How do you want it to grow? What is your income goal? All of those things. And I just just let them talk and, and spill the beans and the tea on all of their business stuff. And then I, while they're talking, I am in my mind thinking through all the strategies that I, that we could use together that I could help them with. And then I outline that for them. Okay. Based on what you're saying, you know, I think this strategy would be good for you. Have you considered this? Um, If they have an immediate income need, I was having a conversation with a lady the other day and she has an immediate income need. She said, Tracy, I, I have enough money to get me through November and then I need money. And I said, okay, then our first immediate action is going to be what's the low hanging fruit in your business and how can we start getting you money coming in the door? Then we can go through some of these strategies in the online space. But um, when we do all of that, I just, I, I just ask for the business. I just say, Hey, I'd love to work with you. It, it feels like you want to work with me too. Um, you know, and I always ask them, do you have any other questions for me? And invariably they'll ask, yes, tell me about your program. And that gives me the opportunity to tell them about my four month coaching program the price, what they get with it, all of those things. And then I just ask them, what's your timeline on getting started? I don't ask them, Hey, do you want to buy that? Do you want to, do you want to give me your credit card now? That's uncomfortable. I just want to know when do they want to get started? Some people want to get started immediately. Some people have said to me, can we start as early as next week? And I'm like, absolutely. We can, I'll send you the contract and the invoice, You get those done. And then, you know, you'll get the scheduling link and you can boom, 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 book all your sessions and we're ready to go. We're ready to roll. Um, I've had other people say, well, is it okay if I wait till like the middle of September? Absolutely. It is. I'll send you the contract and the invoice and, you know, but you have to get to that point and get comfortable saying and anticipating the sale and saying, when would you like to get started? What's your timeline on getting started? And what's your thoughts on if someone says, well, not right away, I want to do it like next month or in Mm -hmm. a couple of months time or whatever it might be. Do you recommend that people take a deposit or get the payment now and then book them in for a couple of months time or to recontact them nearer the time? Well, that's a judgment call. But for me, I prefer to um, have that solidified in that call rather than waiting and following up later. And, and I can do that through a deposit or if somebody wants to do the pay in full option on my coaching program, I can say, no worries. Let me, if you want to do the pay in full, let's lock that in. Because the other thing is I only take 10 one-to-one clients at a time. And if they're saying to me, they want to start in the middle of September or October, I may not have a spot open. And so I'll say to them, well, I only take 10 at a time so that everybody gets my high attention. And I may not have a spot open, but you can lock in your spot right now with a deposit with your first pay. If they do a payment plan with your first payment, or if you want the painful option, you could go ahead and do that. Then you can get all the dates locked in, go ahead and get, kick out all the September, October, November, December dates that are perfect for you. And you've got those locked in and we start, you know, when you decide you want to start, but yes, I would recommend getting some sort of monetary agreement so that um, you go ahead and and close that sale in some way. Um, okay. But, now you know- there's going to be someone listening right now, and mm-hmm. I know this for a fact because my the old Joe would have felt this too, which mm-hmm. is like, oh my god, I couldn't do that. <laughs> which is like, oh, oh, yuck, yuck. That that feels mm-hmm. icky. Right. But I just want to go back to what you just said, which is we're running a business. Yes. So in some way, we have to kind of get over ourselves, right? And, and yes. have a way that feels good, but is also in service of the fact that people are on the call with us because they have a need. They've, yes. they've had the, the inspiration 
to book a call and have a conversation. Mm -hmm. They've identified that you are a 10 out of 10 for them, for what their needs are at this moment. And they're going to have a whole bunch of barriers and blocks that are going to hold them back from making that firm commitment. And they're Mm -hmm. the ones we talk about all the time, right? The objections. I haven't got enough money or I'm not sure it'll work for me or I haven't got the time, (laughs) which are the three that I'm most familiar with. Um, but the reality is that often those are a kind of, I don't want to use the word excuses because it, it's deeper than that. It's, mm-hmm. it's true beliefs, but if they don't get challenged on those points, they won't right. solve the problem. Right. Exactly. They're they're Do they just have fear that's coming up because it's new and it's different and, you know, our brains are wired for survival. And so when things are new and different, our brains automatically go, nope, we're not doing that. You could lose money. You could fail. We're going to keep you safe. And so that's where I have to remind myself that what I have to offer is the perfect solution for that person. Now, if I don't believe I'm the solution for that person, I'm going to be the first one to tell them. If they say to me, I'm not sure I want to do this. And I feel in my gut that I'm not, that I'm not sure that they should be doing this. I'm going to tell them, okay, that sounds, you know, that sounds fine. Why don't we check back with each other in about 60 days time? and see how things are going for you. Um, but if I truly believe that I'm the one who can move the needle on their business, how dare I not say something to them about it? I mean, I'm given these gifts and talents for a reason. And it sounds a little, it doesn't sound very humble for me to say that, but it's the truth. If I feel like I can move the needle in their business, I'm going to share it with them in a very kind, very heart centered way. Um, I have wasted loads of money on coaches that were not the right fit, social media manager that wasn't the right fit, courses that were not the right fit. And I so, so understand the fear of spending money on yet another person or program that's making promises and you're scared. I totally get it. But this is how we can work together. And then, you know, if they need, if they need to take some time to think about it, absolutely think about it or talk to your spouse or whatever it is they want to do. Um, you know, I'm not, um, I'm not an aggressive, pushy person. So even though I will direct the conversation and ask for the business, um, I'm also not going to push somebody into something that they, that they don't want to do or they're not ready to do because that wouldn't be in good service to them. Yeah. But- and like, and like you said at the beginning, if you've taken it to a point and they're not ready, doesn't mean they won't be ready in exactly six weeks or six months and suddenly Mm -hmm. someone pops up again I had this with a client not that long ago somebody Mm -hmm. I'd spoken to on a discovery call so long ago I like had to look at my notes I was like what did we even talk about and she popped up and she's like no I I want to work with you now I'm ready I was like oh my goodness this stuff happens like people following you there I don't like the word but lurking you know reading your stuff just absorbing it knowing And trusting themselves that they'll be ready at a certain point mm-hmm. for the specific way that you help their business. Right. That happens so often. I mean, out of the blue, somebody will DM me and go, I've been listening to your videos and I've been watching all your live trainings and I love what you're doing. And, you know, I'm not ready right now. I can't afford it right now. But when I am, I want to hire you. And I'm like, holy cow. I didn't know that person was out there watching me. It's kind of creepy, but it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's not creepy at all. I mean, I mean, gosh, if we felt things were creepy, we could never do what we do in social media. I mean, that's a different different topic for a different podcast episode, right, the right. whole getting comfy in social media. But right. for today, Tracy, I would love it if you could share some inspired action, something that we could do immediately in one day or even an hour that could help move us forward a little bit for anyone listening that is finding selling a bit of a bit of a challenge right now yeah there's a couple things I can recommend that won't take very much time at all one thing I want people to do is I want you to get quiet and think how do I help my the other people how do I help someone do you save them time do you save them money Do you uh, help them build wealth? Do you help them solve a health issue? Do you help them build a business? Do you help them with uh, meal planning and nutrition for their family? How do you serve those people? I want you to write that down and I want you to think about it. And I want you to picture in your mind 
all of the people you have already helped and how happy and pleased they were that you came along and opened your mouth and offered your services and you blessed them in that way. And the other thing I want you to do is then take it a little further and consider the ripple effect of your work. Because this is where I think a lot of us, we just get very short-sighted when it comes to what we do. And I know this is going to sound a little dramatic, but just go with me for a sec. The ripple effect of our work is so much more far-reaching than we even consider on a daily basis. It's like the drop of water that goes into the lake and the ripples just go out and out and out. For example, something as basic as ordering a pizza. You're spending $20 on a pizza. That $20 is going into that restaurant. It is paying those employees. How do we know that one of those employees doesn't go home every day and take care of his next door neighbor who's elderly, can't get to the grocery store, and he takes his money that we've given him through this purchase and he blesses her? How do we know that that restaurant owner doesn't give to charity and bless others because of our purchase? How, do, how does the real, the, you know, you, you want to buy a house, you're going to hire a real estate agent, an appraiser, a home inspector, a termite person, an insurance agent, a mortgage loan officer. All of that ripple from one transaction. So when I help one of my clients, yes, I'm helping them build their business, but I'm helping them build their confidence. I'm helping them be happier in their life. My, most of my clients are female. They're happier wives, they're happier moms, that trickles down into their marriage, that trickles down into their kids, their kids are happier, their kids go off to school, they're happier kids, which then get around the other kids in the class and that happiness just permeates. So when you think that what you do is not important, or you think that you can't share with people what you do because you're afraid you're going to seem salesy or weird or annoying or aggressive, consider how much the world would stop if you didn't share what you do and let it ripple out into all the blessings and all the happiness and all the goodness because of what you have. Wow. Powerful stuff. Powerful. I mean, I like to see that in my business as my mission. And when I'm dialing in the power of my mission, I'm not selling. I'm just simply sharing my mission with passion and so powerful. Thank you so much, Tracy. And where can we find you you and be in your world and learn more about you online? I have an amazing Facebook group. We talked about it a little bit. That's the best place to find me and interact with me. It's called Be a Confident Entrepreneur, Get Visible and Grow Your Income. Right now, we've got about 1,400 people in the group. It's so fun. And as I say, everybody gets to promote. I want it to be a place where people can pop in, share what they're doing, um, get some new clients, make some great networking connections, find your next best collaboration partner. And if you're stuck on something and you need help, post it in the group because, you know, some, some people don't love technology, for example, tech is not my love language. And if I need help with tech, I can pop into my group and go, Hey, you know, where are my Kajabi experts? I need a little help. And then everybody's there to help. So, so pop into the group, join us and, um, and enjoy it because it is a community of really, really kind heart centered people who are all there to support each other and cheer each other on. Uh, And I can vouch for that because I'm in Tracy's group and it's a really friendly place. Remind us of the name of it again. Yes. It's called be a confident entrepreneur, get visible plus grow income. And I will put the link for that in the show notes so you can drop in there after you've listened to this episode. Tracy, thank you so much for joining me today. It's just been awesome talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I really, really appreciate it, Joe. My thanks to Tracy for sharing such amazing value on this episode. And there was something she talked about only briefly. We didn't dive into it, but I wanted to talk about it more now, which was around the fact that people quit And this is really close to my heart right now because one of my closest friends in the industry and somebody that I'd worked with quite a bit basically walked away from her business last week. And it caused a real ripple effect among our group of women, friends and colleagues because it just highlighted so much of the challenges and how it's 
not something that for a prolonged period of time everybody is able or willing to do to stay in the business to keep going despite the challenges to see the good and the potential and selling and getting that in place is so critical to making sure that you can, well, pay your bills to start with, but also create that kind of good feeling, that sense of pride and accomplishment and growth and progress that we are, as humans, made to enjoy. We want to feel that things are going in the right direction. And we want to call in the universe and know that the momentum that we're building is going in the right direction. And so frequently we can end up on the wrong end of the stick when it comes to the law of attraction and how actually things are not going to go our way. And I remember feeling at the time, what what does this mean for me? I started to doubt even things that are going really well in my business. And I've seen it more and more that as people progress and they might get more successful in certain areas, there's always things that don't feel that are going the right way for them. And they start getting that self-doubt creeping in. And not only that, I've, I've had a client just yesterday put off one of our regular calls because her mind isn't in the right place. Now, I don't know, maybe it's something that's going on across this summer, or maybe it's just as I've, as I know more people and I work with more people, it's just a natural, um, natural churn that some people that struggle more at certain times or indeed drop away from the coaching industry altogether. So it's been my pleasure actually to share this episode right now because selling is so important. And so, of course, is messaging. And I want to make sure that you are really showing up in your unique brilliance, in your full confidence, with the clarity on who you are and what you're doing and how you help and how you serve and all of that stuff that's going to power the mission that we just talked about at the end of the interview right there. And if you haven't yet grabbed hold of my messaging checklist, you can learn exactly how to attract a steady flow of ideal coaching clients through your magnetic messaging. You can download my messaging checklist and literally discover how to use magnetic messaging to go from unseen to standing out, even if your niche is super crowded and full of me, me, me coaches, (laughs) and actually craft offers that will excite and attract without selling yourself out. If that sounds like something you need, drop into the show notes and grab hold of your free messaging checklist now. It's for ambitious coaches who want to move in the right direction and not get in the wrong end of that law of attraction stick. So jump on there and download that today. And here's to your inspired action. Take care. Speak soon. Bye now.